Happy Monday, everybody. It's Meredith Carey, co-host of Women Who Travel. I, unfortunately, am the only person in the office right now. My co-host, Lale, is gallivanting about Japan hiking with Adventure Women. You heard from their owner a couple weeks ago, Judy Wineland. So this week, we're actually replaying an episode that ran last week on Travelog, our other podcast here at Connie Nast Traveler, featuring Jessica Nabongo, who you've heard from on this podcast before, and one of my other co-workers and friends, Catherine LeGrave. We hope you enjoy. It's Meredith Carey, editor and podcast producer here at Traveler. Brad Rickman is in Scotland this week with his family. You can keep up with him at Brad Rick on Instagram, uh, which means I'm taking over with editor Catherine Legrave. Hello. This week we're talking to one person and one person only, and that is Jessica Nabongo, now a Traveler podcast regular over on Women Who Travel. She's the founder of the blog The Catch Me If You Can and boutique travel firm Jet Black. And last year alone, she visited 53 countries on more than 130 flights. This year, she spent more than six days, as of the last Instagram that I saw, in the air on 38 flights. It's April. Can you tell people what the hell you're doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. I am on a mission to become the first black woman in the world to travel to all of the UN member countries. Why? What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> what That's is a great question. What, is, um, what was kind of the impetus for this? Why are you going on this crazy adventure? So I'm a geography nerd. I always have been. So I've always, you know, I always love looking at maps and understanding more about the world. Uh, I've been traveling my whole life. First transatlantic flight was when I was seven, going to Uganda to visit family. And so I've been traveling my whole life and was slowly getting up there in numbers. I think in 2015, I hit country number 50. And I always knew that I wanted to go to every country in the world. And I always said, by my 40th, I'm going to do every country in the world, which is a more relaxed pace <laughs> of travel. And I was in Bali with a friend last year. And, you know, I was just talking about my life. And I was like, you know, I really want to do something crazy, but something of note, something that I can say I'm the only person who has done this. So a little bit of ego. <laughs> um, and so I came up with this. And it was actually on the heels of the American woman who became the first, I think, American woman to do. She claimed to be the first woman, which was not true at well, all. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of crazy because we've had other guys on the podcast, on the Travelogue podcast, just talking about the qualifications that make them the first man to visit every country because if you count different countries and if you do it a certain way or mm -hmm, whatever you could be mm -hmm. the first man to do it with a giant asterisk like with this caveat or you could be the first woman to do it with this caveat when I was searching when you kind of first told me about this I was unable to find any reference of any African-American person who has ever mm -hmm. visited every country in the world. There is no African American who's done it. So there is a huge like country counting community. <laughs> um, so for people who are curious, only about 150 people in the world have done it and most of them are Northern European men. Um, a, a handful of Americans have done it, one American woman. So I asked them, is there any other black person who's done this? There is a man who is half Polish, half Kenyan, he lives in Poland and he works in real estate. He's done it. But that's the only 
black person in the world who's uh, achieved it. And he doesn't really have like a public profile at all. So, What message are you hoping to put out then to people who are seeing you having just announced this journey, what, two weeks ago, a week yeah, ago? Yeah. What are you week. trying to put out there? Um, I think for me, I really just want to show the visibility of black travel. And specifically, obviously, I'm American. I'm also Ugandan. So also African travelers, because I think that's something that we rarely see. And I get so many messages from people who live on the continent, Kenya, South Africa, Senegal, who send me messages of like, wow, I never thought to go to the Ukraine. I'm afraid as a black person to go to the Ukraine. Mm. And when they see me in these less visited places Mm -hmm. then you know it gives them the strength or you know it it reduces a bit of fear around traveling for some black people and I think because I do a lot of it as a solo traveler hopefully also for women they're like okay she's doing it I can go out and do it but I will say I'm not doing every country by myself by the end it will be probably around 50 countries by myself but yeah, I just want people to just get out and travel and hopefully seeing someone like me do it expands the possibility for a lot of people. And Catherine, you just got back from kind of like a crazy <laughs> travel adventure yourself. You were mm-hmm. in Singapore for 48 hours? Yeah, two days. Um, it was a long, and that's why, you know, I'm really curious to hear about sort of, sorry, Meredith, I'm taking over your questions. But <laughs> So basically, yeah, what Meredith was saying, I flew to Singapore. It took like two days to get there. I had two days. I basically went around the world. Someone from the office printed me my flight plan and it was pretty cool. Um, but also sort of just so tiring. And I really like you will have to be exhausted by the end of this, but how do you stay refreshed? Right. Would be sort of my question. And if backing out, even you could talk a little bit about your plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. That's, no, that's exactly. like over, you know, starting a little bit from the beginning, like where are you going to start and all this stuff? Yeah. So I think what makes this different versus some people who've completed it recently is that they say, like for the American woman who did it, she did it in 18 and a half months, which I still cannot wrap my mind around. And how many countries are there? 195. So there's that math is rough. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's no, let's do the math. I know. I'm like, so what is that? I mean, I'm pulling out my calculator. It's like, can we add some like calculator sounds? Okay, hold on. 18 months. <laughs> 195. It's literally just over two days in every country if she never took a break. Yeah, and so the contra, because there was a lot of controversy, not only because she claimed she was the first woman knowing that she was not, because mm-hmm. um, there's about, from what I gather, around 15 women who've done it. Um, I do believe she was the first American woman. Uh, do not quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently with Guinness, because mm-hmm. she got the award for fastest to do it, apparently with Guinness, you don't have to leave the airport. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's... I don't think that, like... Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now, I don't what's think, the I point? Would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would right. say that no, exactly. No, that's, no, like, that's exactly it. It's like, you know... You are already speeding through, but you are actually visiting places. Yes. You're not actually like, seeing a place. Right. I mean, hey, I love the airport as much as anybody, <laughs> but like, you can't get so much from a culture if you're just... Just in the airport? The only place you could do that would be Singapore. 
That is it. Because you <laughs> can't get the Hawker Centers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Airport. Like you could actually get and also a in lot Doha of because right. that exactly. airport is giant. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's less about I mean, granted, now I've put this ridiculous deadline up, which I think is crazy because it's like I have eighty nine countries and I have thirteen and a half months, and I think that's insane. Because you're trying to hit it before you turn thirty five, right? It, it, yes. I uh, want your thirty fifth birthday, exactly. last country. Last country. Oh, that's cool. You're like party. happy birthday and then you fall asleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Huge party in Mauritius. Join me. So for me, yes, I'm doing it fast. Like a lot of people will look and say, that's insane. You're going so quickly. I agree. Sure. (laughs) But for me, I'm definitely getting out of the airport. I'm planning to spend the night everywhere that I go. Um, I think in the end, there'll be about 10 countries or less where I didn't spend the night. Um, Because some places, I've been traveling my whole life. So even when I started this goal, I was already at 70. Mm -hmm. Just on like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just want to go here, there, and everywhere. Um, So certainly, I have spent an extensive amount of time in a lot of countries. I studied international development. I worked for the UN. So I think what makes me different to a lot of people who have done this is that I'm interested in other cultures, and I think anyone who looks at my blogs and at my platform can see it isn't just about ticking off a box. And the other thing that I do and I've been doing is, for me, it's almost like I'm sampling places. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, definitely coming back here. Maybe not so much there. You know, I'll be 35 when I finish. I'll have a lifetime to go back to some of my favorite places. And I look forward to that. So as far as exhaustion, um, I'm always, I'm perpetually (laughs) exhausted. And I show my uh, flight radar maps on Instagram and people Mm. are like, oh my God, hashtag goals. I'm like, this should not be a goal of yours. (laughs) It's awful. And I suffered horribly from burnout recently. Um, I was in Bali with my 27 friends. <laughs> yeah, this picture of Jessica and her friends for her friend's birthday has like gone viral at mm-hmm, this point. Um, mm-hmm. So if you see a photo of like some incredibly dressed <laughs> friends in Bali, it is probably Jessica. Uh, good morning, America. I know. It up as well. I saw it. <laughs> it was everywhere. And so I left Bali. I flew through Sydney. It was a short layover. Then I had to stop in L.A. for two days because I had to get a second U.S. passport so that I could apply for visas at the same time, multiple visas at the same time. Mm. So got off the plane, rented a car, was dealing with the passport agency for like three hours, was blindly delirious, (laughs) went to Apple because I had to get a new phone. It was insane. So that was two days in L.A., then got my passport, and then I left. Um, went to Detroit for two days, unpacked from four weeks of travel, packed for six weeks of travel, and then left. Flew through New York to Amsterdam overnight, so didn't properly sleep. Had a long layover in Amsterdam, had a meetup with my followers that <laughs> afternoon. Went back to the airport, flew through Lisbon to Dakar. Got to my Airbnb. They thought I was coming the next day. Didn't have a key to my room. Slept on a hard couch surrounded by mosquitoes. And I broke. That was the point at which I was like, no, I'm not doing six weeks of travel. I'm going home. And I talked to Jessica the next day um, (laughs) about a story that was about travel burnout, um, which is why I think it's like so crazy that this is all kind of culminated in this. Because I think when we talked, it was just, you know, that feeling of, what am I getting out of this? Mm-hmm. I think was like so strong in like a really like self-reflective way. And we were, when we were talking, you were like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and so 
I think that the question for me is just how are you now and how do you think you're going to be able to make it through the rest of the countries that you have and, and kind of mapping that out? Yeah. So, um, I am now practicing self care. I, <laughs> I flew back in Delta one. There you so go. I slept on the flight. <laughs> Business um, class is every traveler's <laughs> self care. It is. It really is. Um, it changes your mood when you land. And so I was in Bali for a birthday. I generally, I wouldn't plan my travel that way to be on five continents in like a week. I would never plan it that way. So um, I think I have to be uh, more strict about going off track. So, and you know, mm-hmm. like if somebody's like, oh, you know, I want you to be here for this. It's like, eh, if, if they can't fly me in business class <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and it's really not on track, right. I'm going to avoid to do it. So I think I have to like, I don't know, impose a three continents per month rule or something um, just to Which sort of help with it. It's an insane thing to say right. out loud. I need to impose on myself a three continents a month rule. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, because now the way I have the plan, I, I need to do about seven countries per month. And hmm. so now that I decided to take two weeks vacation yes, back girl. to Detroit, um, it puts me behind because this month I'll only do one country. I'm going to go to Nigeria. So I'm trying to throw in Ecuador to at least get two. So then I have like a deficit of five that I have to then add in somewhere else. Um, But I have a Google Doc that is broken down by month. Um, It has all of the remaining countries by continent. And so I sort of just put them in and I talk to different people who live in a region and I'm like, okay, what makes the most sense for a path? Um, Am I flying between countries? Am I renting a car and driving? Am I getting a driver to drive me or taking the train? Um, So I am so grateful to all of my friends and friends of friends who are everybody is so excited and everybody is willing to help me. So places that are a little bit more difficult, like Yemen, Syria, Libya, I'm trying to now bring those forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was speaking to a guy named Sal, who's actually recently finished. And he was like, get these seven countries done ASAP. Because there's so many people who are stuck at 190 of 195. And he's like, you don't want that to be you. So, you know, if anybody's listening and you can take me to Libya, feel free to send me an <laughs> It's email. interesting that you, um, you're sort of planning as you go. You know, in a way you have to be so flexible and so comfortable with being flexible and going to a country and then saying, okay, what are my next few countries based mm-hmm. on where I'm at now and the people that can help me with this next step. That's interesting. I would have, this is how naive I am, I would think that it would be like planned you know, certain blocks would be planned, but I guess it makes more sense certainly to do what you're doing. Yeah. So I plan more or less three months out. Okay. This is this has been in the last 12 months. This was the first month where I didn't have all of my f- travel booked. And I think that also led to the anxiety. Yeah. So I think I will avoid my exhaustion by having a clear plan and also having everything booked. Got it. So part of me coming home for two weeks is also I want to book out the next three months. Mm-hmm. So that means buying flights. If I'm not buying flights, just knowing exactly how I'm getting to each country. And that just helps me mentally to be a bit more calm. Well, and I feel like it also helps you get excited mm-hmm. about what you're doing, because I think that, you know, for some of the people who've done this country counting, a lot of people just think of it as that numbers game that we were talking about before. And so I'm just curious 
you know, with all of the drama, I guess, of the last two weeks, mm-hmm. um, like, how do you get excited about like what lies ahead? Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for my followers because one thing that I've started doing now is I put up a post on my Insta stories and I'll put the countries and I'm like, okay, what do I need to see? Who do I need to meet? What do I need to do? That has been super helpful just to put me in touch with cool people in the Mm -hmm. different places. You know, as I'm getting more press, like a lot of people are reading about me. And so they'll send me an email like someone from Kazakhstan sent me an email and I'm like, yes, thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I get excited, honestly, using Instagram and like looking at hashtags for the different cities and countries. Um, And I get a lot of inspiration that way. So, and, you know, there's other things I reference, like the New York Times list has some pretty obscure places on it sometimes. Um, But, yeah, I really just try to use my network mostly because, to be fair, because I'm always traveling, I don't have a ton of time to do research. Um, So anytime I'm doing research and something comes up in my Google Doc, I'll just put it next to the country. So even if I'm not going for eight months, I come back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to stay at this hotel or I need to go look at this cool thing in that city. We got to see this Google Doc. I know. Oh, yes, I will show you the Google Doc after this. <laughs> we are getting in on that secret. Um, how So with JetBlack, can you just explain what that is for people who are listening? Because mm-hmm. I know that it's a travel agency, but you yes. so co-founder. JetBlack is my baby. Um, <laughs> it's a boutique travel agency. And when I started, um, I wanted to focus on countries of the African diaspora. So places with very large African populations. So Africa, Central and South America, and the Caribbean. And the reason I focused on that is because I traveled to so much of these regions, and I just feel like people aren't visiting them, and they're so amazing. I just hosted a jet black group in Dakar, and we did surf lessons, Hmm. and it was super fun. And not to mention the instructors were so high. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's way cheaper taking surf lessons in Dakar versus Maui, you know, and it's something that people don't consider. And so I wanted to use Jet Black as a way to show people more places that they probably weren't thinking about going anyway. Um, So we do hosted group trips, which have been put on pause for a little bit, but we're looking to restart them. I won't be able to host them, unfortunately. And then we also do private trip planning. Did you knock out Senegal with Jet Black or had you already been I had already been. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It was one of those things where I'm like, "Mm, I'm here for 10 days. This isn't that great. But I really love Senegal. It's definitely, it's one of my favorite African countries. And I think in particular for people on the East Coast, it's so close. From New York, it is it is so it close. Is so close. We talk about hours. it as a long weekend yeah. opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I highly recommend the Biennale is coming up. It's an art festival. It's every two years. It's the entire month of May. I really think it's a great opportunity to do a long weekend um, and just enjoy the city. Yeah. When we talked earlier, you know, part of what we were talking about was I was talking to a bunch of Instagrammers just about kind of the misconceptions that come with people just seeing their photos and thinking, oh, they must be so rich and they must have a great life. It must be so easy for them. So like you obviously are like have a company and a blog and are a freelancer and consultant and all of these other things. So subsidizing this entire process, how does that work and what do people get wrong about like how you're actually getting this done? Yes. (laughs) 
You're triggering me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just got so sad. Like, I did. Yes. <laughs> yes no. It's a good question. Um, yeah. I mean, the question I always get, which I find interesting um, because people, these are strangers and they're like, how are you financing this? Uh, <laughs> how did you finance your apartment? Did I come to your yeah. house and ask you how you paid for everything? Um, but no, I understand that people are curious. And I think part of it is the misconception of the cost of travel. I've been traveling my entire life. So I think because of that, I've just learned so many tips and tricks to being able to travel more for less. Um, one of the biggest things is I never use cash. I always use either my Chase Sapphire Reserve or my Chase Business Inc. Preferred, which I use for work. Because Chase, for me, just has a really amazing redemption program for their points. And then beyond that, loyalty is important. So I'm loyal to Delta and I obviously have a ton of miles with them. And even though I'm not loyal to American and United, I also have accounts with them and JetBlue. So any airline, I have an account. Just, you know, you never know how those points will add up. And they've definitely come in handy in emergencies where I'm like, okay, I have to go somewhere last minute. Let me just use miles instead of buying a flight and it's way cheaper. So that's definitely the first way. And then I read, I get emails from The Flight Deal, Secret Flying, and Airfare Spot every day. It's like my my news in the morning. Girl, it is my drug. I feel <laughs> right? you. And I'm like, okay, go. <laughs> Buy a ticket now. Um, so, and that's how I say, I can't remember the last time I paid $1,000 for a flight. It's been years since I've paid that much for a flight. I feel like I'm a terrible person now because... Anytime anyone comes to me and is like, I got this really amazing flight deal, $800 to London. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, because I feel the same way. Like, I refuse. I don't care if I'm flying to Australia at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. There will come a day when a $500 flight will come my way and mm -hmm. I will book it immediately. But mm -hmm. I am not going over that $500 mark. My mark is 800 Yeah. So because usually to go to Uganda, I have to pay around 750 800 which is still amazing because when I was younger, it was like $1,600. So so that for me, that that's my mark. I'm like, all right, this flight to Lagos. I'm like, OK, 816. All right, you're pushing it, but I can do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think in general, the cost of flying is going down. I mean, flying to Europe now is so cheap. Two hundred dollars. Like, it's insane. Um, I'm not necessarily flying. Wow. But I think it's a great opportunity for those who, you know, don't travel as much. You can definitely get there for 200 bucks and it's safe and it's quick and whatever. But yeah, so how, how do I afford all of this? I think, number one, it's not as expensive as everybody thinks. Number two, I have friends in a lot of places and friends of friends, so I'm able to cut costs on um, lodging that way. Obviously, I work with hotel partners who also are very generous and give me some complimentary stays. Not all the time, but a good percentage of the time. Um, and beyond that, I have low overhead in other parts of my life. I mean, I bought a place in Detroit. It was pretty affordable. So my overhead stands at less than $1,000 a month as far as like fixed costs of like my HOA mm -hmm. fees, my loan on my house, cell phone bill. I don't have a car. I use somebody else's Netflix account. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's something that we've talked about before in that first episode of Women Who Travel when you and Cynthia Drescher, who has been on this podcast before, were talking about, you know, like this has been a very specific choice for you guys mm -hmm. and the decisions you've made and the choices you've made things to invest in, how to spend your time. They are specific choices that anyone mm -hmm. could make, period. Absolutely. And just people aren't making them 
for themselves. Yeah, and so I think also, especially when you're used to just living your nine to five life and all of the people around you are doing the same thing and everyone has a Louis Vuitton bag and everyone is driving BMWs and everyone has a really nice apartment that they're renting. I want to be in that friend group. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like listening like, oh, how? how? <laughs> a lot of my friends don't live in New York. <laughs> exactly. Fair. No, there you go. Yeah, you don't live in New York. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't think about how much money they spend. So I would say to you listeners, for one month, literally just write down everything you're spending. And then you will see what you can cut and how you can travel more using that money. I mean, I think people spend a lot of money on clothing and accessories. A and lot. Food. Yeah, and food. And food. Yeah. And food. You know, going out. I've been trying to save money for an upcoming trip. Not that I need money, but I'm like, okay, you know, let's... Well, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> but no, just trying to think like I would like to spend, you know, a lot of money on this trip because it's expensive. I'm going to Japan and it's like, mm, it's very expensive. So, and I looked at that. I was like, how many nights do I eat out a week? And like, what does this add up to? Even if I just don't eat out two nights a week, that saves like a good amount of money that I can have on a, a, a much more expensive dinner. Mm -hmm, I don't sure. know. You could swap every single Starbucks you get for like gelato yeah. in Italy. Just like you can just like <laughs> trade that. Just you like could get save that gelato right? for <laughs> a tall <laughs> Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I mean like when my when I go out with my friends, I don't go out unless it's happy hour. <laughs> I just I don't we do should it. be friends like, right <laughs> seriously like I will never almost never if I'm in the US it is you cannot I will not pay ten dollars <laughs> for a drink even we went to happy hour yesterday in Harlem and the wine was seven dollars a glass I was like this is happy hour. <laughs> and I was with my friend he's like we're not in Bali anymore I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so I think for me that's the thing generally when I'm in the US I refuse to spend a lot of money on anything. I'm just like, I'd rather keep all of it for my travels. So I think, again, you have to, if you want to travel more, you have to prioritize it. I don't recommend anyone do what I'm doing because it's so exhausting. And I've been traveling for such a long time. I can handle something like this. Most people definitely could not. But, you know, if you want to go to, like, two countries a year or something, it's super possible working a nine to five if you prioritize that. And we've talked about, you know, with Cynthia on the podcast that we did in December about like why you decided to quote unquote settle down, which just means that you spend 20% of your year, which is no time at your home in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, so why do you have that base when you're traveling all over the place? What is the importance of that for you? It centers me and people are like, are you going to Airbnb it? Which I should. But I can't. <laughs> I love walking in. Like last time I went home, I left my place in absolute horrific mess. But there's something about the memories that come back just walking in because I'm rarely there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember exactly what was going on right before I left this house. Looking <laughs> like, this time when I go home, it is spotless and I'm super <laughs> excited. And so I enjoy like it just it mentally it just centers me knowing that. Even if I'm not home for two months, when I'm on that flight and I land in Detroit and I get in my rental car and I drive home, I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes. I'm so happy. Even if I'm there for three days, I'm just so happy to be in my bed, to have my things hanging up in a closet, 
which sounds like something small, but it's so nice just to be able to see everything that I own. So I had to do it, even though some people may say it's a waste of money because you're barely there. It's not for me. Like, it means the world to me. I think that was something that was really surprising to me about, you know, like this plan that you had. What about this process has been a surprise for you? I think, honestly, what's been so great is how invested strangers are in my success. And so that's been really great because my friends are so used to me not being around because, like, I moved to Japan 10 years ago. And since then, my life has been crazy and I've been traveling everywhere. So people, my friend, my closest friends and family are just like, we don't know where she is, whatever. She's somewhere. (laughs) And so they don't check in on me as much. But complete strangers on the internet are like oh hey where are you are you okay like how's it going or if I post like oh I'm feeling sick people are like oh take this home remedy and this and this (laughs) and this I think for me that's what's been most surprising just like the support of complete strangers has been amazing and humbling and you know it's great so Jessica what countries are you most excited about that is a great question if I, can I be honest for a second? Yeah. Um, so I have 89 countries left. And honestly, I'm only like interested in visiting like 50 of them. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good, that's a good ratio. Though. It's yeah, a good yeah. ratio. We're not going to do any more math. But <laughs> right, right, right. I think it's more than 50%, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, 89 is almost 90. 50 right, is right. so, okay. But places I'm excited about, definitely um, DRC. I'm excited to go to Kinshasa and like oh, see the nice. dandies there. And like, because I think that's such a cool subculture. Super excited about Madagascar. Ooh. I'm so curious about Lagos. Like, I'm, like, dying to get there. Nice. Um, just because I'm literally just curious, like, what is this place So lots of African like? countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, but moving on to Asia. Oh. Uh, super <laughs> she's excited. Got, she's got her Google Doc okay. out. Okay. All right, all right. I'm, I'm looking at the Google Doc. Um, Myanmar, for sure, is probably top. Number one place I'm excited to go, Iran. I've oh, heard yeah. such amazing things. Everyone says they're, like, the nicest people in the world. Um, the textiles, the literature, mm. just the history. Architecture is supposed yeah. to be beautiful. Food. So super excited about Iran. Um, super curious about North Korea, obviously. I'm going to so, be wait, a how, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, let's just mm, stop. <laughs> let's roll it back Well, second. no, journalists can go to North Korea. Um, I have a Ugandan passport. Oh, there you go. Because that was go. the same thing about Iran, right? right? I get visa on arrival in Iran okay. for two weeks. So there I don't even have to go to the embassy to apply. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely um, made easier by being able to toggle between two passports. Because obviously, there's a lot of political tension between the U.S. <laughs> you don't and say. other countries. <laughs> it's funny, like, you know, I, I self-care. Before inauguration, I deleted every news app from my phone um, because I just was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's been really great for me because I've been insulated from so much stuff that's been happening and so it's only like I, I try to sort of pay attention to see what's going on with like country conflict and it's funny because it just feels like every day it's like oh that's another place Americans can't go right. and then I'm like can you Ugandans go <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that is a huge help like being able to do this as a dual um, national oh, a dual citizen okay. is really wow North Korea hey great. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be, be cool. A, I'm gonna be a mute. Not cool, but <laughs> like, gonna yeah. they're gonna be like, "Do you want a picture?" No. <laughs> Answer to everything. No. <laughs> no. I'm fine. Right. I'm not gonna move my hands. I'm just gonna be like, uh, "Okay, is it over yet?" No. But how interesting to go to. I mean, say what you want about North Korea, but how interesting to go to a place that so few people have been to. Same to Iran, I guess. And, and can to right? Can yeah, visit exactly. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the cool thing because people are like, "Are there any countries you're afraid to visit?" Um, no, not really. There's definitely places where I'm like, okay, I need to take a lot more precautions. Sure. I probably want to take a man to travel with me to some of these places. Um, and or also just like plan, I mean, with your experience with Jet Black, like having that experience of planning trips for other people, then I think makes you more prepared to plan mm-hmm. them for yourself mm-hmm. to places that might be different from the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I'm super excited just to even like going to countries like Yemen and Libya and Syria. I'm just super excited to talk to people on the ground and just just hear their perspective. And it's not necessarily things that I always share on social, but I really love sitting down with local people and just talking to them about their life and also like their perspective about global issues, their perspective about their country. Mm -hmm. Because so much of what we consume is looking at other countries through a, a Western gaze And I'm just really always interested to hear from the people on the ground about their life and their politics and things like that. So, Okay, my other question, what country that you have visited surprised you in a way that you were like, ah, it was one of those countries where you're like, I'll go here. I'm not super excited about it. And then you were just blown away. Macedonia. Oh, okay. (laughs) So me and my friends, Ashley and Rosie, we did um, an Eastern European road trip this past summer. And we flew into Sofia in Bulgaria. Our plan was to rent a car, but because of political reasons, you can't drive a car from Bulgaria into Macedonia. Hmm. So we had to take a taxi <laughs> from Sofia to Skopje. As one does. <laughs> right? Just it was taxi like, across the border. It was like a two-hour taxi or something. But Macedonia was incredible. Yeah. Super beautiful. And everyone was so nice and, like, open. And, you know, we were three black girls traveling in Macedonia. We didn't know how we would be received. Mm -hmm. Everyone was open. We also went to um, Lake Orid, and there weren't a ton of tourists there. Beautiful, beautiful lake. And, you know, you have people who don't speak English, but they're still greeting us in the morning when we're walking around. It was just, it was amazing. And I never would have thought, like, oh, Macedonia, great place to vacation. But it was really great, and I highly recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to ask? A country that you could go to again and again that you'll always go to. I don't know. You can't say favorite countries, I think. Yeah, that's right? the worst like, I appreciate No, I said you cannot <laughs> no, say I know, no, favorite no, questions, but you. ones that, you know, that you'll sort of return to in the same way that you're talking about Detroit in a mm-hmm. way that kind of reset you, if mm-hmm. that's possible to say for a certain country. Um, yeah. So for this, I'm not going to say countries because it's hard to say it's a country. But like, for example, Bali, Mm -hmm. um, because I haven't been anywhere else in Indonesia. Bali is amazing. And when this is all done, I plan to go there for like two months, finish up the book that I'm working on um, because it's so peaceful there. Even like, of course, there's Seminyak and Kuta, which are a little more, you know, there's so many tourists there. But you can still find so much peace and solace in Bali. So I will always return to Bali. And Rome. Rome is a place that I go to every single year. Hmm. I love the food. I have tons of friends there. 
And I think lastly, Kenya, which I can say Kenya because it's Nairobi, it's Lamu, it's Masai Mara. Like I really, and you know, I, I grew up in Detroit. I'm Ugandan. I grew up in a like Ugandan slash Kenyan community. So some of the people in Detroit that I call my cousins are Kenyan. Um, many of my parents' closest friends are Kenyan. So actually my last name is, was Nabongo was a Kenyan warrior. So I feel at home when I'm in Kenya as well. So I'll always continue to go back to Kenya as well. Amazing. I'm like dying to go to Bali. Yeah. There were like $500 flights last week and I didn't get them. Why? Even your flight deals. Yeah, right? Why Why come on, Jessica. <laughs> what are you doing? Such a mess. And it's so What's cheap, cheap once you get there, you get too. There, like, <laughs> no. It's, I'm, I'll give you all the rats. Okay, great. <laughs> Meredith um, will be at your next party uh, and on Good Morning America. I will see Meredith in your photo. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. One, for like stopping in New York for 48 hours and coming over and talking to us have a great vacation and we are so excited to follow you on this journey where can people who listen to the podcast follow you thank you you can find me um the catch me if you can on instagram on facebook on youtube that's the blog and then i'm the c-m-i-y-c on twitter um yeah so check me out follow me send me recommendations on my blog there's a post that has the remaining country so you can see exactly where i have left to go amazing and send her like all of your moral support that you can possibly send you can do it all of it (laughs) and Catherine, where can people send you questions Ooh, Uh, (laughs) i don't have nearly anything as exciting as that going on but uh tweet me i'm at kj lagrave on twitter I'm at Oh Hey There Mayor. You can find all of Conan Ness Traveler's content, including stories featuring Jessica. Um, she just contributed to a really awesome story about uh, answering people's questions about solo travel. Um, so you can read that and more at cntraveler.com, at cntraveler on Instagram, Twitter. We're Conan Ness Traveler on Facebook. You can probably find us if you just Google it. <laughs> um, and we are so excited for Jessica. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks. <laughs>